Hello, welcome to this edition of the UK Run Chat podcast. Today, I'm joined by Doug Richards, who is the author of three books. His latest book, Once Around the Planet, is now out, um, and I'm looking forward to chatting to him about it. Hi, Doug. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Michelle. No problem at all. How are you today? Yeah, pretty good, thank you. Not too bad at all. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, first of all? Okay. Um, yeah, well, I'm um, I'm 75 now, 75 years old now. I didn't start running until I was in my sort of early to mid-30s. Um, I hated running at school. Um, but since then, I, I've had an amazing life through running. I've, I've travelled all around the world to lots of exotic places. Um, I've run on every continent um, and I, I continue to enjoy it, albeit a lot slower these days as I grow older and maybe the distances I can run aren't quite as long as I used to be able to. But but that, yeah, that basically is a little bit about me. So what, what prompted you to start running, Doug? If you if you did, disliked it at school, what what kind of what was that light bulb moment that made you think yes, well it, it, it was indeed a light bulb moment um my son chris um w- was four at the time and i was at home watching television one evening when he had a nightmare upstairs and i ran up the stairs to pacify him and by the time i got to the top of the stairs i, I was out of breath <laughs> Right, okay. Hardly breathe, and it, it was actually the year of the very first London Marathon, and it, and it was it wow. was a light bulb moment. I just thought, look, I need to do something about my fitness, um, and so I decided that the following morning I would get up and go out and run one mile around the block, um, and I did. I, I got up next morning, I ran the mile. It nearly killed me. Um, I <laughs> went back to bed afterwards. Um, and that was just the beginning. Yeah. So, what was um, what was your first race you did then? Did you get into racing early, or did you just kind of do some running? Day I, to day I, I just for for about eighteen months, I just gradually increased the distances. I didn't actually sort of enter any races. I mean, around that it was nineteen eighty one. It was first year of the first London Marathon. And really, that there weren't really that many races around. It, you know, the running boom had really yeah. was only just beginning to take off. So my first race, which was about eighteen months after that first one mile, was actually a trail marathon. Um, and that was in. I, I lived in Sussex at the time, so it, it was yeah. called the Seven Sisters Marathon. It's now called the Beachy Head Marathon. Um, well, that's a very tough one, I believe. It, it is indeed. I mean, at the time I ran it, it was held in February, so we had snow and ice to contend with. Um, wow. It is now running October, so so that was a qu- quite a hard one for my first ever race. But as I say, there weren't many road races around at that time anyway. No. Oh, well, you certainly know how to challenge yourself, Doug. <laughs> Just thinking, picking that as your first race. Wow. Um, so yeah, um, I've just I'm almost finished reading your first book. I'm really uh, sorry, your third book, Once Around the Planet. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, I mean, Lovely, running has you. taken you to some very, very special and exotic places, hasn't it? it 
yeah, it has indeed. I mean, I've been lucky. Um, in that I've I've travelled all around the world. Really, I've run at least a half marathon on all seven continents, and and running has just given me the most amazing life. Really, so I've had some great experiences. Yeah, so t- tell us a little bit about your your newest book then. Okay, well, once around the planet, um, I, from the very first day, from that very first one mile run, um, I suppose I'm a bit of a geek, um, but I've always kept a record of my runs. I kept a record um, how far I've run, how long it took me, etc. Um, now, initially back in 1981, that was all done in in an exercise book, pen yeah. on paper. Um, but eventually that sort of became transposed onto an Excel spreadsheet. And I've kept that spreadsheet going over all these years. Um, yeah. And so I knew um, about a year ago that I was fast approaching 24,902 miles in total, which is the distance around the equator of the planet. So that's where the um, the actual title of the book comes from because I completed that in October of last year at yeah. my local park run. So so I have achieved the running distance of once around the planet. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, so the I mean, book itself, um, sort of the end of the second book, which was called Can We Run With You, Grandfather? Um, I can maybe talk to you about that later, about where that title came from. The end of that second book culminated in a half marathon in in antarctica and and that completed my seven continents challenge so always looking what can i do next i decided i would do a series of races on on islands on various islands and um so once around the planet describes the races in in the azores on, on Cyprus, um, e- even in Venice, which the city itself is on an island, and where I, I yeah, ran it is, isn't it? Yeah. the full marathon distance. Um, and I also went out to a really exotic island, which is Easter Island in the middle of the Pacific, and, and ran a half marathon on, on there. So a lot of the stories in Once Around the Planet relate to running on islands. Um, also Bermuda was another one. There are a number of um, events, multi-day events on these islands where you run on consecutive days for maybe three or four days. So a lot of these events were multi-day runs, some on road, some on trail, also a huge variety of different running surfaces um, and places to visit. Yeah, that's got to be tough. There was one instance in the book where you were talking about running up the side of, was it the side of a volcano crater? That sounded very tough. That's right. That was one of the races in the Azores, and and that yeah. quite possibly was the toughest half marathon I've ever done. <laughs> um, it it really was tough work, but um, the view from the top was just incredible. Um, the the crater itself is filled with a lake, um, and there's I don't know who decided to, but somebody's actually decided that inside the crater would be a good place to put a village. And there's a little village that lives in this huge crater. 
and there's a road that crosses the centre of it and one side of the water is bright blue and the other side is green. Um, and it, it's an incredible sight. Um, it's probably due to different sediments, volcanic sediments underneath the water. Yeah. Wow, it sounds, it sounds an amazing place to run. Um, I mean, the idea of doing multiple races on consecutive days as well, I mean, that's tough in itself. But I guess when you're travelling out somewhere far away like that, you want to make the most of your time there, don't you? Well, that that's right. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, if I travel a long way to do a race, I don't just want to run a race and come home again. Um, part of the fun I've had during all my running travels is actually not only the running itself, but all the the associated sightseeing, meeting the local people, you know, enjoying their customs and everything. Um, you know, it's just all, all part of the running experience. The race is just sort of part of each one. Yeah, it sounds it sounds incredible. Where you were talking about visiting Easter Island and they, they put on like an opening ceremony, didn't they, for the for the race where you got to see a lot of the you know the, the dancing that they would do. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean Easter Island was a totally fascinating place. It, it it's just about one of the most remote islands in the whole world and, and there's yeah. so much controversy over um, it, it's famous for its huge stone statues, the Moai, of course, which are like yeah. gigantic rock heads which are carved out of volcanic rock. Um, but but yeah, even the experts, even today, still disagree about who actually made them and why they made them, what they represent, and even more, you know, how they actually managed to move them around the island because you know each one weighs about ninety tons. And we're talking yeah. about sort of four or five hundred years ago. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, how how difficult is it to to get to these places? Do you? I, I take it you you don't organise a lot of the trips yourself. You use a tour organiser, don't you? Yeah, tour organisers for for mm. the vast majority of them. The the Venice Marathon was different. We just a, a group of us just have made mm. our own arrangements and met out there. But the, these sort of other island races, I, I use tour organisers um, to actually get out there. Yeah, and is, is that a relatively simple process? I'm, I'm speaking as somebody who's never done a race abroad and the thought of going abroad and having all the logistics to sort out just yeah, scares me a little there, bit, to be honest. I mean, there are a number of UK companies um 209 events is one which is run by Mike Grattan, who was a former winner of the London Marathon. Um, and there are you know, a number of companies, Sports Tours International, and then there are also there's an American company called Marathon Tours, which I've used extensively, who, who now have a sort of UK agent. Uh, and they will sort of book all the, the hotels and things for you. Um, you you just have to sort of sort your flight out to get to the start line, basically. Yeah, yeah. Although they're not always without mishap, are they? There were a few that you mentioned no. where they've been mixed up with hotels and things in your book. Yes, it, indeed. No things. <laughs> um, nothing's ever perfect, is it? Yeah, but, but up until then, everything was um, <laughs> going according to plan. But certainly, Easter Island and the Azores, there was sort of 
mix up at the last minute. But hey, you know, this 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 yeah. happens. This happens. Um, and and it didn't affect any of the you know it didn't affect the running at all or the enjoyment of no. the trip at all. Yeah. So so where did the idea to run on islands come from? Because you'd obviously completed races in all seven continents. Was islands just the next natural step? Do you like having a kind of theme to your challenges? Yeah, I, I suppose I just like like having a theme. And and um, I, I had run previously. The, this Cyprus event was is held over four days, and I'd run it a few years ago. Um, and to be honest, it's very unusual for me to go back. I like to do a run somewhere but then find somewhere different next time. Yeah. But I did enjoy it. The, the Cyprus event is in November and it's nice to have a bit of warm sunshine to run in in November. I really enjoyed it a few years ago. And and one of my running friends at home was quite keen to actually have a go at it himself. So it, in the end, we decided we'd go out there together um, and, and run it together. So so yeah. yeah so that was Cyprus and I you know having done that and knowing that Venice is on an island and I was intending to run a, a marathon I wanted to run a full marathon after I reached the age of 70 wow um, yeah and Venice was a good place to do it so um the year before I had to abandon it because of a, a bit of an injury but the following year I went out there and ran the various the Venice Marathon. So, so yes, mm-hmm. you know, it islands just sort of gradually built up, and then the Azores came up, and then Bermuda. So, so Ireland became a, a theme. Yeah, let let's go back to Venice Marathon for a moment. Then, so you were originally intending to run it the year it flooded, weren't you? Venice had a huge flood that year, didn't it? And That's I think right. I, I think running I, the ten k. Yes, um, I had to go out there. I went out there the year before I'd entered the marathon, but I picked up a late calf injury, and yeah. um, so we went out. I went out there with my son and his family, um, and my son actually ran the ten k. I, I I just did the the one well, not local nearby park run while I was out there, yeah. but while we were there on that year, Venice had the worst floods it's had in in decades, and so. We we spent a very interesting few days wading around everywhere in water and sitting in restaurants with water lapping around our knees. It's it's amazing how they just carry on regardless. And yeah, I guess that's not the first time it's happened, is it? No, indeed, indeed. But this was just particularly bad. But then I went out there with a group of friends the following year, uh, and mm-hmm. happily the the waters remained a. a a more reasonable level and and yeah, then yeah. i did manage to finish the marathon that i wanted to do after i reached the age of 70. so so how how was that experience how how different is it running a marathon in your 70s um obviously slower um i ran with a a good friend of mine a lady called julie is a, a close running friend of mine who's considerably younger um but um is very very supportive and she she sort of kept pointing out photographers to me and other sites because i tend to just look at the road in front of me and just plow on but together we we agreed at the start we'd run it together and we did we finished it together um 
yes, it was slower and there were a few walking breaks and everything, but then, you know, I've walked during most of my marathons at some stage or other. And it it was just good to be out there with, with a good lot of friends around us. Yeah, I'm sure it's still, it's an incredible achievement at any age, isn't it? A marathon. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, being realistic, I think probably that was going to, that will be the last full marathon I do. Um, yeah, I'll struggle a bit more these days with the endurance side of things. I still love running, but shorter distances, I think. Yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll come on to that in a little bit. I just wanted to ask briefly, because you've run, in your book, you talk about running um, a marathon distance of parkrun courses as well. And I just wanted to ask what's your experience of covering the marathon distance in a day with multiple breaks as opposed to doing a marathon in one go is is it very different it's incredibly different this was something organized by um a a local friend of ours um which involved running eight eight and a half or eight adult park run courses and a junior park run course all in one day now, obviously, we did it on a Saturday, but obviously only one of those could be official. Yeah. So we, we selected eight different park run courses and happily the volunteers at each of those park run courses agreed to sort of stay behind and mark out the course for us. So we yeah. ran eight different 5K races, which made the 40K. And then at one of the races, we ran their junior park run route, which made up the 42K. Um, you have to travel in between each one on on a coach, um, and yeah. obviously, yeah, the the seating conditions are quite cramped. So, although each individual run w- was not too long in distance, you tend to seize up quite a lot in between, and so to actually cover the whole lot within one day, w- within one Saturday, we started at seven thirty in the morning for the first one and finished about 7.30 in the evening for the final one. Um, I, I think actually it felt harder to me than running a marathon in, yeah. in one go. Yeah, I think stopping and starting, like you say, when you seize up must be it's, tough. Yeah, particularly once, once you've got to about four or five and you start to stiffen up and you sit on the coach and you know, you're trying to sort of stretch out a little bit, um, to ease the aches and pains, it, it gets progressively harder. So it, it was a very interesting challenge, but one I enjoyed doing. Yeah. <laughs> so you were, you were talking, obviously, about um, endurance getting more difficult as you age. Yes. Um, so you're sticking to half marathons now. Is that your maximum distance? I think half marathon would be the maximum. I mean, yeah. I, I've we could talk about I I, I think... COVID and lockdown has had quite an impact on me personally. Yeah. And, and so endurance is, you know, it is more difficult for me these days. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I can get around a half marathon, but I don't think I'll be doing any further marathons. No, they, they do take a lot out of you, don't they? Yes. I think it it's the training as much as anything. Yeah. I mean, the event itself, you know, with something like the Venice Marathon, I mean, the crowds, the scenery, etc., carries you through it, but it, it's the sort of 
hours and hours of training you need to put in beforehand to give yourself the best chance of completing it. Yeah, yeah. And that those long runs, they always feel tough, don't they? They do indeed, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, apart from in- endurance, have you had to make any other adaptations to your running as you've, as you've aged? Or, you know, you know, it's, it's clear to see that you're still running at the age of 75. So it, it is possible. Is, is age just a number or are there things that we need to change and be more? I mean, obviously you slow down. Um, yeah, various things happen. I, I tend to get more cramps as I've grown older. Yeah. So um, I always have to, even for short runs, I, I wear sort of compression socks um, to t- sort of try and reduce the cramps um but you know a- apart from the loss of speed um i i eyesight <laughs> my eyesight deteriorated i um i'll talk about it in the book it's quite an interesting story really because i i i ran for many years in wearing very focal lenses and yeah. around 2018-19 around the time leading up to the Venice Marathon um, I had a number of falls while I was running um, that I, I think it happened about eight times in a year Nor, most of them were just cuts and grazes to the elbows and knees and you just get up brush yourself off and carry on again um, but then I had what was I was on running with a group of friends on a, a trail run and I had quite a big fall and really hit my head very hard. Yeah. Um, and um, th- this sort of ended up in a, in the back of an ambulance and in D&E. Um, but one of the things that came out of that w- was that um, I stopped wearing glasses for my running. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, I I reason that you know with the very focal lenses because one minute you're looking towards the what's in the distance and then you're looking at where your feet are going to land. Yeah, my eyesight yeah. was just not adjusting properly, and so because okay. my distance vision was okay, I decided to stop wearing very focal lenses, and that was about three years ago, and I I haven't tripped over since. Oh wow, that's incredible! So that's helped. <laughs> So so that's really helped me. So yeah, so now I don't yeah, you know, I just rely on my distance vision. Yeah. Oh well that's that's good that you've not had any more falls. <laughs> yes, no, I'm I'm doing much better these days. Yeah. I, I actually fell over this week running for the first time ever, I think. I've never fallen over. Oh it's really? It's quite a shock, oh. isn't it, when you suddenly find yourself on the floor. Yes, it it is, yeah. That's the same, most of them you just you know stop your Garmin watch and (laughs) brush yourself down and then carry on again. Yeah, I mean, what about injuries? You mentioned you had a calf injury that stopped you doing Venice. Have you you noticed more injuries as you've Um, aged or have you had many over the years? Over the years, I've been incredibly lucky. Um, um, I had a bit of knee problem at a time, but then I went to see a podiatrist and he, he put some inserts into my running shoes and the, the knee problems never recurred um i must say that just recently the lot la- the last six or seven weeks i haven't been able to run because of a an achilles tendonitis oh, yeah. problem um and this is the first time i've ever suffered from it um yeah. happily 
yeah, I'm working with my physio and um, happily I'm just beginning to get back into a little bit of run walking now and it certainly seems to be going. But it certainly made me, you know, not being able to run for six or seven weeks makes you realise how important it is for, you know, your mental well-being. I mean, it is for me. It's It's been awful not being able to run. Oh, I'm sure someone who's run for that, you know, for a most of the life i guess that is that is very tough to deal with that i think that brings us on quite nicely to something else i wanted to chat about really about mental health and running and you write quite candidly in your book about the anxiety that you've suffered um throughout your life i mean just tell us a little bit about that and how how running fits in there yes well i've um for most of my adult life i've had periods of quite bad anxiety um and and at times depression, um, and you know on on occasions it's become so bad that I, I've had to sort of take medication for it. Um, I, I've had various sort of therapies to help me cope with it. Um, but the 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 one thing that helps more than anything else is just going for a run. And sometimes yeah. when your mind is really cluttered and all sorts of things are going on through your head, just getting outside into the fresh air and, and just going for a run and listening to the birds singing. Um, it just sort of seems to clarify your thoughts and what seemed like an insurmountable problem when you were sat indoors. You can suddenly find solutions as you go out. So I've, I've sort of occasionally have relapses um, of this anxiety and depression as, as I said earlier I think the, the COVID pandemic and you know the isolation because I live on my own um, hit me quite hard and you know the last couple of years I, I've, I've been quite difficult for me but the, the one thing that I know will actually help me get through a bad day is just to go out even for a 20 or 30 minute run um, I, I know that will sort of help me immensely yeah running is incredible like that isn't it i don't know how it works but it does i think just getting yourself out of an environment and moving it does seem to just yes i mean uh, yeah i've in my working life um i I did a lot lot of work within medicine and medical research uh, and and certainly, you know, running is known to increase some of the brain chemicals, the endorphins, which sort of give you a more peaceful outlook. So, um, you know, it, it certainly helps me. And um, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm very sort of quite open about talking about my anxiety problems. Mm-hmm. And I know that that has helped a lot of other people who also suffer from the same problems. And, you know, if you know someone else is going through it, it so much easier to relate to so so running has been fantastic for me yeah I mean what about doing the racing especially the racing abroad I I I do have a bit of anxiety around racing especially in big groups and it's more to do I think it's more to do with getting there and you know just the thought of being around a lot of people and where do I go and where do I park and there's all these thoughts rushing through your head oh absolutely does does anxiety come into play when you're planning these big trips how how do you deal with that yeah a a lot of a lot of the trips i get really quite anxious before um 
I know I, I did a, a, a race in Greenland on the polar ice cap and I got really I had really bad anxiety leading up to it so it is quite difficult but I suppose I'm just a sort of quite an anxious person anyway I mean I even get a few butterflies in my tummy when I turn up at park run and yeah. I've done hundreds of those <laughs> <laughs> um but yes, it, usually I get over it. I mean, I I don't know. In the latter chapters of the new book, a, a couple of events didn't go according to plan because of the anxiety issues, which yeah. I I say I think are really related to the the lockdown and everything. So, so there are times, yeah, when things didn't go where where the anxiety won in the end. Um, but even then, when you know you. You might feel a failure at the time, but then you learn from each of those experiences and, and each of what seemed like a failure can actually open up another opportunity that you didn't know was there, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's an interesting way of looking at it, actually. So, I mean, what, so your last running trip was, was, was it Bermuda, wasn't it? Yes, the last one I, I did, um, three races in Bermuda um but then um I, I went to Prague to, to run a half marathon there and and because of anxiety issues I, I, I basically didn't make it to the start line yeah um and then there was another race in Iceland another one of my islands that I planned to do but again the anxiety got the better of me but it's still on my agenda um yeah okay. I'm planning to go out there and, and do it next year so what's happened instead then you talked about it opening other opportunities where where has that led you that decision not to do those two races it, it it's just other opportunities in running I mean I I, mm. I was lucky enough um to be nominated to carry the Queen's baton during the, the Commonwealth Games in the lead up to the Commonwealth Games. Um, oh, and, wow. and that was just a, an absolutely amazing experience of actually being able to, you know, to carry a baton around. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, it, I, I, I do a lot of talks about my um, runs. Uh, I've given talks anything from sort of primary school children, um, senior school, colleges, running clubs. I've even given a talk in, in a, an open prison to the prisoners. Oh, okay. Uh, so all, all of these things sort of open up, you know, new avenues. You know, it's not just about putting the shoes on and running. That There are lots of other ways that I can use my experiences to, if you like, inspire other people um so so uh, yeah all of these things not only help me but help yeah. other people as well and yeah i i've recently I, I run a lot of couch to 5k courses for our local council and i recently had a lovely lady who was over 80 years old who's never run before and she completed the couch to 5k and and it was just fantastic to see her face at the end of it Oh, that is lovely. It just shows that you're never too old to start, doesn't it? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. 
No, and it's it's really great that you're inspiring people. It made me chuckle in the book. You said, I think you said the when you give talks to the children, the, the most frequently asked question is, "What animals have you seen on your travels?" That that's right. The animals I had. Um, it, it this was documented in my first book called "Running Hot and Cold," but I I did um a half marathon race in a game reserve in in South Africa. Um, which was a fantastic experience. But a couple of days before the race itself, a group of us were out on foot with some rangers um, looking for animal footprints, and we were ambushed by, by six elephants. Oh, wow. And we were chased down into a, a ravine <laughs> by six elephants. So, so that was a, an animal encounter that I oh, will never goodness. forget, I must say. Yeah. Um, happily, it all ended, hap- you know, okay for both us and the elephants. Um, the rangers did carry a rifle and they sort of fired it into the air and that was enough to put the elephants off. But they, they got to within about 20 yards of us, so... <laughs> wow, that heart-stopping moment, I can imagine. Absolutely. And, and another amazing animal experience I had was um, in... Antarctica, again, not during the race, but we were actually in a, a dinghy, which is maybe 10 or 12 feet long. Yeah. And two humpback whales, which each 40 feet long, literally came <laughs> alongside us and just entertained us for about 20 minutes, just rolling over and blowing out of their spouts and making all sorts of noises. It was just incredible i mean they could so easily have just tipped us into the icy water but they didn't um they, that they must just have been incredible us. It, it's just yeah i should never forget moments like that yeah i mean what what do you think has been your favorite moment from all the places you've been to and the races you've done oh you've so so many so many of them i mean a lot of them are yeah. the animal moments um yeah. i think one of the one that always tugs a bit of my heartstrings, I must say, is I mentioned earlier the title of my second book, um, which was Can We Run With You, Grandfather? And yeah. that came from an experience I had in Sri Lanka. I, I did a series, this was a series of 11 races on consecutive days in different parts of Sri Lanka. Um, and it took place in... in 2005 and if you remember on in 2004 on boxing day there was this terrible tsunami in in that part of the world and and thousands of people lost their lives um and at first yeah we just thought that the the trip to Sri Lanka would have to be cancelled but that's not what the local people wanted they they wanted us to come out there so in the end we did go out to Sri Lanka just a few weeks after the tsunami um, and of course, it was a a very emotional trip. But one of one of the stages was a half marathon, the first half of which was entirely uphill, going up the side of this tea plantation on on the side of a mountain. And when I got to the top of this hill, at the halfway point, there were six children there, standing by the roadside, and one of them called out to me can we run with you grandfather right and i said yes of course 
And so they joined me and we started, obviously this was at the top of the hill, so we started to run down the other side. And every the, the road was sort of winding backwards and forwards down through these tea plantations. And at every bend there were more children and they all gradually joined in with me. And by the time I got down to the village, the first village, I had about 40 children and we were we were singing run run as fast as you can you can't catch me on the gingerbread man and it was just such a magical moment that i'll never forget um you know particularly at a time which was you know so emotional for the for the country as a whole it was just wonderful to hear those children laughing and singing yeah how wonderful that's just giving me goosebumps Doug, as you've recounted that Oh. But you felt a bit like the Pied Piper. Uh, it, it's exactly how I felt. And I must say, I've got goosebumps to even talking about it. It still brings that memory back. It was a fantastic moment. Yeah. Is, I mean, is there anywhere that you'd like to go back and visit that you've not, you feel you've not seen enough of? Or, you know, is there anywhere new? As really I say, mostly I, when I do overseas races, um, I tend to try and do a different one each time. Um, I, I mean, if I did go back somewhere, I'd love to go back to Antarctica, Antarctica, mm. because that was just an incredible. It's almost like visiting a different planet. Um, yeah, it, it's just so different to anywhere else in the world, and, and it was just a, such a magical time with. Not only the you know the whales that came and entertained us, but all the other wildlife, the seals and the thousands of penguins and everything. It was just an amazing experience. Yeah, I mean, describe for us what it what it's like in Antarctica. Most of us will never really get that opportunity to visit. How did yeah, you arrive? It, it was it, by boat, wasn't it? Yes, it, it it's quite a journey to get out there. I mean, I it um. The, the I, I ran the half marathon there, and the half marathon takes place on on King George Island, which is just off the Antarctic Peninsula. Um, so to get there, I had to first of all fly to Buenos Aires in in Argentina, um, then another flight down to Ushaya, which is the southernmost city in the world, and it's right on the very tip of South America. And then we went on this. Russian boat which took us across the Southern Ocean and the Drake Passage which are actually the, the roughest seas in the world because it's the only part of the planet where it's completely sea encircling it there's no land masses there to actually break the waves up so it's very very rough and we we traveled on this Russian research ship which, which held about a hundred people on board it wasn't a like a big liner or anything a big cruise ship it was quite a small boat so the sea journeys themselves were yeah an adventure both there and back and then of course once you get off the off king george island and once you get to antarctica there aren't any harbors or anything where the ship can tie up it just has to drop anchor in the middle of the water and, and then we as i mentioned earlier with the whale experience we climb into these dinghies um without board motors and that that is where they can actually take you ashore and once you're ashore you know then that that's when we ran the half marathon 
So where did you, um, where did you stay on Antarctica? What was the accommodation? Oh, the accommodation was on board the ship. We just slept. Oh, on so board. so you literally just went on to. Yeah, you just go on. Kind of yeah. You you okay. go on to the land just to do the run and and to yeah. do a few sort of experiences of walking on there and visiting various coves, etc. But but you actually stay, you know, you sleep on on the ship itself yeah. and just go backwards and forwards on the dinghies. We we're in Antarctica for about four days, um, right. but just absolutely, yeah, it's a a wonderful experience. Yeah, so that's that's one you'd like to repeat. Then you must have better sea legs than I do. Uh, I was quite worried about the, the sea journeys, I must say, but um, a lot of people um, were very ill, but I, I was quite lucky. I, I, I was given, I went to my doctors to ask for advice and he gave me some patches to put behind my ears. Yeah. Um, and they worked really well, so so I actually wasn't too bad at all. There were one or two days when it was really, really rough, when, you know, you couldn't necessarily eat your dinner. <laughs> oh dear! And they certainly wouldn't <laughs> serve soup up in in the you know in in the canteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe. I believe. Oh, sorry, that's my dog barking. It's all right. Um, I believe that's where the um, saying three square meals a day" comes from, isn't it? It's from. Um, Yes, I believe so. Yes, right. I mean, the food on board the ship was actually very good. I mean, the ship had a Russian crew, and um, the cooks tended to be the sort of female partners of the Russian crew, and that they yeah. looked after us very, very well. And, and it, it was just an amazing experience. Yeah, that sounds really just truly incredible. Um. So tell us a little bit about the running friends you've made Doug, over the years, because sorry, I'm just going to pause there a minute and I'm just going to sort the dog yeah. out and I'll tell Joy to edit this bit out. Just one second. Okay, no worries. Sorry, Doug, I'm back. No I apologize. Right, <laughs> where were we? Um... Running friends. That's right. So, so in in the book, you describe a lot of the people that you've met on your travels that you've made some really good friendships with. Tell us a little bit about that. You know, running really brings us together, doesn't it? It it, it absolutely does. I mean, every trip i've made i think I, i'm still in touch with at least a few people on that trip and of course on occasions you, you meet them at subsequent events as well because you know once you get hooked onto this sort of running travel um you know people tend to book lot, lots of future events together again i think in particular um the group of us who were chased by the elephants <laughs> In, in South Africa, um, many of those are in New Zealand, um, were from New Zealand and some from America. And um, 
I, I've certainly kept in very close contact with them. And a few years ago, I, I went to Australia um, to run a, a race in the Australian outback. And as part of that visit, I made the trip over to New Zealand and have a reunion. We, we even managed to find a, a 10K to run together with some of the friends who, who'd run away from the elephants with me. Um <laughs> I've also remained very close to the people I travelled to Antarctica with because obviously yeah. because you're sort of all confined together on board of what is a small ship, um, you, you spend an awful lot of time together. So that that's another sort of group of friends who I've been particularly close to. But, but as I say, you know, I think every event I've ever run, I'm still in touch with somebody. And, of course, social media these days just makes it so easy to keep in touch with people and to share each of our, you know, what we're up to at any one time. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? I think there's just something about running and when you find somebody that enjoys it as much as you, you just want to kind of hang on to them, don't you? And oh, absolutely Somebody who truly right. understands our passion for it. No, no. I mean, yeah, maybe non-runners don't understand, but um, yeah, it it is a shared experience, and you know, so many friends. A friend, I made some fabulous friends when I went out to Easter Island, and we still um, meet up, and ho hopefully, we'll be meeting up again next year. So, Fantastic. yeah, it, it's great to have friends from all around the world. Yeah. So what have you got planned next? Anything exciting coming up for you? Well, so at the moment I'm being a little bit cautious because this um, Achilles problem has sort of set me back a bit, but hopefully that's now slowly beginning to resolve. Um, yeah. I think for the remainder of this year, I'm sort of targeting just a few local races. Um, I won't do anything, but I would certainly like to, to go back to the Iceland trip, another one of my island trips that I wasn't able to do last year. Um, so, so, so that's sort of a long-term goal. Um, other, I, I'm quite eager to get to my 500 park runs as well, um, and I should be able to do that in, in about a year's time. That's a lot of park runs. Where are you up to at the moment? I think it's 444. Yeah, that's incredible. So, yeah, that probably will take about a year, won't it? Yes, yeah, so a year, you know, ho hopefully in about a year's time, I'll be able to get that, that blue 500 part run best. Fantastic. Do you tend to do the same one or do you like moving about I, doing a bit of touring? I mostly do the same one. Um, I do the Arrow Valley one, which is the one, mm. one in Reddit. So I mostly do that, but I've done quite a lot of touristing and... Um, I've done it when I went to Australia. I did park runs in Sydney and in Brisbane, um, and indeed both times I went to Venice. The first time when it flooded, and the second time when I ran the marathon. Um, there's a, a park run in in Padua, which is it's, it's quite a trip out of Venice, but um, yeah. it's it's a just a wonderful little park run because there's only about thirty people do it. Yeah. And at the end of it, there's sort of marshals open up the little cafe in the park. It's called Butterfly Park in, in the English translation of it. Um, and it's just 
just is so typical of what Parkrun is all about. You know, just such a friendly little group of people. Um, so I, I enjoyed that twice. And for a short period of time, I actually held the age category record for it, but that's since been taken off me. Oh, and sadly, it's it's a bit far away to go and <laughs> get it back quickly. No, I can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well done, though. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, it's been lovely chatting to you today, Doug. Um, and your book, um, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I've got about a third of it left to read, but it's it's brilliant. Do you want to tell our listeners where they can where they can get hold of it? Yeah, well, it, it it's actually published officially on on Monday, mon- this coming Monday. So it it can be pre ordered from Amazon or any good bookshops, Waterstones or whatever, will have it in stock. So it's called Once Around the Planet, and it's, as you say, it's the final part of my running trilogy. But hopefully not the end of your running. Not at all. No, I, I at should all. definitely keep on for as long as I possibly can because it, it, it is just so good for me and just yeah. you know, gives me the boost that I need at times. Yeah, no, it, it's clear that you are very passionate about running and um, that comes through strongly in your book. So oh, all, thank all you. the best with your coming adventures. Thank you very much, Michelle. Yeah, thank you.